Hey there, mama, and welcome back to the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast episode 45. I'm Emily McDermott, and I am here beside you on this journey as we work together to declutter your home, head, and heart. Before we dive in, I want to bring you today's featured review from M. Silcox09. She writes, Paper clutter be gone. Paper clutter has definitely been my biggest challenge. I have stacks of paper everywhere, and it is a constant nuisance to my mental space. I put the paper tray strategy from episode 28 into effect, and it has been amazing. Just the simple act of containing the papers has motivated me more to not let it pile up, or in my case, more of spreading out. Episode number 30 on mindset hacks is also a must listen. Well, thank you so much. And I am so happy to support you in your decluttering efforts, whether that be paper, uh, books, kids, artwork, clothing, you name it. I am here to help. And you can always join in the fun at our free Facebook group, which is tinyurl.com forward slash moms overcoming overwhelm, where we're doing decluttering challenges and all the moms in there are making amazing progress. So I hope you will join us. Today, I'm very excited to bring you my conversation with my friend, Jessica Jackson from the Thriving in Motherhood podcast. Jessica and I connected back in 2018. I've been a guest on her podcast a few times, and she is one of my coaches. I use her planner, and I'm part of her next 90 days Soaring Mother Society, where we talk about our vision, our goals, and we celebrate our wins every month. Let me tell you a little bit more about Jessica. She is a homeschooling mom to four children, and she knows what it's like to try to find peace and balance between running a business, a household, and creating a strong family culture while real life keeps happening. In Jessica's case, this has included hard pregnancies and postpartum seasons, sickness, cross-country moves, husband who's constantly working, and so forth. Maybe you can relate to that. After years of struggle, Jessica realized that there are simple, practical things that you can do to stop living in overwhelm and find meaning and joy in everyday life. Thriving in motherhood equips women to use their gifts and talents and build strong families, no matter the circumstances that they're experiencing. I have linked to several things in the show notes today, so don't miss them, including Jessica's planner, the journal that she created, and a free training that she's offering all of you. Today, we're talking about the three levels of overwhelm as Jessica sees them, and she provides an action plan to tackle each one. So what do you say? Grab that notebook and pen, and let's dive into today's conversation with my friend, Jessica Jackson. Hey there, mama. Are you tired of all the stuff crowding your home calendar and mind? Do you wish you could say goodbye to the endless to-do list running around in your head? Want to declutter but don't know where to start? You're in the right place. Welcome to Mom's Overcoming Overwhelm, where you will find proven and practical solutions to declutter your home, head, and heart. Hi, I'm Emily, a wife, boy mom, and simplicity seeker. I struggled to get pregnant and felt overwhelmed until I discovered decluttering could create the physical and emotional space I needed to become a mom. Now two kids later, I've transformed my life and motherhood by developing simple systems around decluttering, capsule wardrobes, kid stuff, cleaning and tidying, meal planning, time management, and more, and I can't wait to share them with you. If you're ready to reclaim the time and energy you crave, be present with your kids, and finally enjoy the life and motherhood you so deserve, let's kick overwhelm to the curb, shall we? Grab your lukewarm coffee, your notebook and pen, and clear off some counter space. Let's do this. Well, hey, Jessica, thank you so much for coming on my podcast, Mom's Overcoming Overwhelm. I'm so happy that you are here to chat. You are like 
I love all the things that you do. As I mentioned in your intro, I'm a huge thriving in motherhood podcast planner, journal fan. (laughs) So thank you so much for coming to chat with me tonight. Oh, it is always wonderful to talk with you, Emily. I am so honored to be on your show. This is such an exciting moment. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons I have a show is because of your guidance and that we've met on a monthly basis for, I guess, two years now, a little over two years, when I never even dreamed that I was going to have a podcast. So this is really great. And I know you have so much wisdom to share um, you know, in your coaching, but also on your podcast, Thriving in Motherhood. So anyone wants to pause us right now and just binge listen to you, I give them full permission. (laughs) Um, It's very generous, but I think you've got some good things going here. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So I would love it if you could kind of introduce yourself and your family and talk a little bit in your own words about how you support moms and maybe a little tidbit about in your quote unquote spare time, haha, um, anything that you like to do just kind of for yourself. Absolutely. So my name is Jessica Jackson. I've got four kids. My oldest is nine. My youngest is two and a half. We're a homeschooling family. We have spent our 12, 10, 11 years of marriage all over America. We've been we met in the West Coast. We lived in the Midwest. We've lived in the East Coast. We've been hour in the South. So kind of a wide smattering there and never by family. And so for me, when I went through hard times in motherhood, um, and and was in survival mode with, you know, hard pregnancies, with difficult postpartums, with, you know, my own physical health struggling with surgeries. I had to figure it out. I wanted to figure it out, but I, but I really felt like I was surviving a whole lot of the time, but there was no easy backup plan. There were no grandparents to come save me. And, and so I became uh, very passionate about figuring out how to thrive. That was like my, my dream, like to thrive, not just survive in motherhood. And so after, you know, nine and a half years, I have learned a lot of tools and I have learned lots of things that have really has helped me. But now I just have so much passion and heart for moms that feel like they're surviving. They want to thrive and just want to support them so much. I feel like there's so many resources for moms that are entrepreneurs or or things like that. But it's just like every mom it is a major shift, no matter what your story is. And so just being there in that moment of survival is is where I my heart is at. As far as spare time goes, um, I love homeschooling because I feel like I get to have like a really beautiful, rich life with my children. So we are really into gardening this year. We, we've already, we're in the South. So we've already got strawberries growing and beans and tomatoes. And most of you are still covered in snow. I'm sorry. And we um, go on walks and bike rides every day. And I, music is a huge part of our life. So all of my kids now are, we've got, I've got kids playing piano and violin, which means I get to play with them. And it is so fun. So reading lots of books. I'm a homeschooler. We read tons of books. That, that's kind of my life. And then I, and then I podcast and have, you know, a business that I do in my, you know, four five, six AM moments. And, uh, and yeah, we just have lots of fun. Oh, that's awesome. And you are probably one of the most proactive people that I have ever met in my life, because I think in my motherhood journey, I've had a lot of the victim mentality and just the, oh my gosh, why is this happening to me? And it's not that I'm saying you've never had those thoughts in your life, but it's more that you have found a way to seek out tools and information and resources to be able to figure out, okay, 
why, why am I thinking this? You know, why am I feeling this way? What can I do about it? And I just really admire that. I feel like some of the things that you've taught me are to celebrate the wins, no matter how small, and also recognizing when our thoughts are these cognitive distortions, which I know we are going to talk a little bit about. So I'm just really grateful for the wisdom that you have gained over all of these years of motherhood. And I know there are probably several examples of when you have felt overwhelmed (laughs) in your motherhood, but if maybe you could give one example of when you really felt like you were so overwhelmed that you knew something needed to change in your motherhood. And then you were able to little by little figure out some of those tools and resources to create those systems and the processes that you needed to kind of pull yourself out of that. So can you talk a little bit about that, please? Yeah, I'll talk about the moment when we met and we connected because it was when I was at my hardest point, which was in 2018. I had three kids at that time. My youngest was one, oldest was five, maybe just turned five. Yeah, just turned five. And we had just moved across the country. My husband was finishing his dissertation, starting a new job while looking for a new job. We knew this was going to be a very like less than a year position. I loved that place though. It was, it totally stole my heart and the people that were wonderful, but you would look at us and say, well, you're super high functioning. But the reality is, is like the last year and a half had really ground me down with a hard pregnancy and we had kind of landed and my husband was completely occupied with his job and trying to, you know, get his bearings with grad school wrapping up and starting up and applying for new jobs and doing this new position. And, and so I was in a spot where I felt overwhelmed by my home. I felt overwhelmed by just the day-to-day caretaking of three little kids under five. I don't know if there was a harder physical season for me when I had the three, five and under. And and my thoughts were horrible. I mean, I am no superwoman. Why am I so passionate about this? Because it was so hard. And there was a day when I, my husband was home. He wasn't as engaged as he could be. He's a really great guy. And he was home and he took my kids because I was losing it. And he left and I curled up on a ball on the floor and cried and was not. And it was the first time I'd had like truly scary thoughts and wasn't sure if something was wrong with me. And because at that point, I mean, you hear about mental health, but it was, there was still, I'd even say five years ago, there was a pretty big stigma around it. And uh, I had the thought to call a friend and she said, Jessica, I have bad thoughts. And she is someone that had shared with me her journey with postpartum depression that had spiraled and had never gone away. And so she had been very open with me about her struggles for five, six years. And she said, I have bad thoughts knocking at my door all day long, but that doesn't mean I have to open it up, welcome them to the table and have them sit down and stay for dinner. And for me, that moment was so pivotal because that's when I realized like I could choose and I didn't have to stay here. Now, did I go to therapy? Yes. Did I learn more skills from there? Yes. You know, and I went for probably two months and that was enough for me to start to understand my thoughts. I don't have to believe my thoughts. I get to examine them. I get to cho- realize, are they distortions? Are they not? Is there a different way that I can look at the situation? And that was really empowering for me. And I would say, is it important to cover your house? Absolutely. That's how we connected. You were on Joshua Becker's like email thread for minimalism and had written an article I don't even remember what it was about. It was, was about, like, maybe living, or living your legacy. legacy. See, yeah, I do remember. I do remember what it was about <laughs> living your legacy. And so that's how we connected, right? But like, I was actively trying to figure out like, okay, how can I control my house? And you're like, you know, you know, decrease that stress and overwhelm. That's how I found you. And, 
And I was also working on my thoughts and I was also working on like, what do we want my, you know, what do I want my life to look like with my kids? And I was researching about Waldorf and Montessori and Charlotte Mason and all these different like, you know, homeschooling educational philosophies. And I was subscribed to like a wild and wild and free newsletter. So I was like just going all out in all of these areas at this time. It was a very formative, very hard, but very formative time. But I would say that goes to the first thing where I was just catching a vision of what was possible. I was starting to, you know, after five years of, I felt like kind of going down, I hit the rock bottom and that's when I started to get my footing and started climbing. I've never found myself in such a hard spot again, hard circumstances. Absolutely. But but I feel like that moment was pivotal in me being able to really start thriving. Yeah. Wow. That is really powerful. And I think that most of the moms listening, if not all, have had the curl up in a ball on the floor <laughs> uh, situation more than once. Um, but yeah, we're, it does get a little concerning when you have some of those thoughts and you're recognizing them. It's kind of like that red flag. And that that's happened to me also, where it's like, okay, do I actually believe this? Because if you feel like you don't have a choice and you feel like you are sort of a victim to whatever is going on, it just does make it so much harder to feel like it's ever anything that you can overcome. You kind of feel like, well, this is just how motherhood is, right? This is just what I signed up for. So I just have to kind of like deal with it. And one of the things that I've really learned from you is that that's not the case because we do always have a choice in how we're looking at any situation. And there are these tools available to help us. And I would love to kind of move into, because I feel like in one of your episodes that really caught my eye about the three levels of overwhelm, I was like, oh my gosh, three levels of overwhelm. This is what I talk about. (laughs) This is so fantastic. But yet I've always looked at it through this simplifying and decluttering lens. And I feel like you have really this holistic view of it. And I would absolutely love if you could talk about, we can just start with the first one, maybe the three levels of overwhelm and then kind of how we create this action plan around each one. So can you start with the first level, please? Yeah. So the first level is just trying to get things done. Right. Like, and, and I talk to moms are like, and, and they're like, well, I'm trying to figure it out. Like I'm trying the to-do list or I'm trying, you know, like somebody always has their thing that they default to, to try and get things done. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But, but I say, that's the first one is we just want to be able to get things done. And when you can't, that feels very overwhelming and stressful. And I know that uh, your planner, shout out to the thriving mother planner, <laughs> has been really a godsend to me because I can always go back to that. And this idea that you have about context-based to-dos, which actually, if you don't mind, just kind of briefly, if you could explain what that is, because I think that's really powerful, for example, to look at a sink of dirty dishes and realize like, I don't have to take care of that right now, because right now I'm in this different context of where I'm doing emails on my computer. And that's where I'm focusing right now. And I know everything I need to do. So can you talk a little bit about those context-based to-dos? Because when you feel like you want to get things done, but you're running around every which way, I feel like that's a really powerful tool to help. Yeah. So I'd say framing all of this is I do start with a clear vision. So I get very clear about what I want to do. So it's not just like, and the reason why that matters is because even when we take a to-do list or even this context-based to-do list, it's not everything I ever dreamed of doing that's on this list. It's a very like, 
finite list of things for the week. So having said that, um, so basically instead of having one long list where you are then trying to make a decision, you know, and spending a lot of time and energy scrolling that list, trying to figure out what the right thing is to do at this moment. And then the moment's passed, we instead break them up into, and this is something I got from April Perry's where I heard it from. I think it's in like a couple of books as well that are about productivity. I'm probably where she got it from, but home computer phone, like you're calling someone, this is like back before smartphones started. Okay. But I still find it helpful. So home computer phone to discuss and errands. And so basically if I've got to go to the library this week, I'm putting it under errands. If I need to go pick up a prescription for the doctors, it's going under errands. If I need to call a doctor, it's going to go under phone. If I need to help my kids clean out their closet, that's under home. And then when I have a moment during the day, like you were saying, like instead of washing the dirty dishes in the sink when the kids are playing really well, I'm going to make a phone call because it's quiet in the house. Definitely. And the other thing that I appreciate is this getting things done in small pockets of time. And that's something I've really learned from you too, because I'll think to myself, the funny thing is, is when we realize that we have five or 10 minutes and for, I don't know about anyone else, but I kind of freeze and I'm like, wait a minute, (laughs) is this real? Is this happening? Oh, it is happening. Oh my gosh. What do I do? What do I do? And if we don't actually understand these things that could happen in that small pocket of time, we're going to pick up the phone and we're going to scroll because of course that's the easiest thing to do. And we'll get that sort of, um, you know, dopamine reward for doing that in that small pocket. So I really appreciate that aspect of it too, when you're able to capitalize on those small pockets of time, and then you feel that sense of accomplishment too, and that you're using your time, using your time. Well, anything else about the first pillar that you're not pillar, the first level that you would like to talk about? Yeah, I think just the most important thing is to take that time and it's okay if it takes a while to slow down and figure out what you really want your life to look like before you start spinning your wheels and filling it up to be busy. It's not just about getting things done. It's about taking time to figure out what are the right things for you. For me, that's I invite God into the picture. But we don't just want to have busy lives and we don't want our lives to look like the person next to us. We want to feel very confident that what we're working towards matters. Yeah, always having that clear vision. And I love the time and attention that you put towards that in your planner and then also your coaching to always be able to go back to that and say, okay, how is this supporting that that overall vision? The second level is kind of more what I thrive in, I guess, <laughs> keeping our, our homes. I want to give it away, keeping our homes and our, our pe- keeping people alive and uh, all of that. So can you Tell me a little bit more about that level of overwhelm. Yeah. Well, like you said, this is your area of expertise, which is really fun. But for me, it's the the two things go together. It's the essential and necessary things to keep the household running. And I think my, my big thing is just go slow and make it stick. And I know there's like all these wonderful like declutter fast challenges or, you know, I, I don't know. And those are great. And I, and I think there's, there's virtue in building momentum, but I think just recognizing like, we overcome this overwhelm for me again, you're, you're, this is your, your expertise, but the way that I have found to be successful for myself is to go slow, to make it stick and to know I'm playing a really long game and just choose one little thing to work on until it becomes automatic. And then choose the next little thing to work on until it becomes automatic when it comes to building systems, in my home or spaces to declutter. And over time, 
it makes a huge difference. Where I'm at three years ago is not where I'm at today when it comes to our level of house and systems and cleanliness. We just figured out how to get my kids' rooms cleaned and organized for the first time ever, and they can do it themselves. And they've got toys and projects and their favorite things. And we have, we are not minimalists in those bedrooms, but we finally figured out the system, but it took three years or actually my oldest is nine. It took nine years. But so I, but I think the point is, is like, just be okay with going slow, making it stick and knowing that there will be this point when you start to see, we call it the ice cube melting, right, Emily, where you start to see the, the progress pay off into something and it feels like you're making progress and not that you're just treading water. Yeah, definitely. And I love how you've talked about, you want, you know, your home to support you and not that you're having to do all of this to keep the home running. And I think that is so powerful because we do have a tendency to kind of either overcomplicate or think that things have to look a certain way and, or we are always in that kind of reactive mode where we're not able to take a moment to say, okay, can I create some sort of system around this? So it makes sense. I am a big proponent of having systems around our stuff and not just like decluttering, although that's important, but well, it's you the know, first step, right? Yeah, exactly. But if like yeah. pa- paper comes into your home, where does the paper go? And sometimes people will be like, well, just, I just kind of throw it on the counter and I'm like, uh-huh. And then, you know, <laughs> yeah. so, and then in three months when the piles up to your ear, then you look at, <laughs> at it and throw it away. Cause it's exactly. all late. Yeah, exactly. So recognizing not with judgment, but just saying, okay, yeah, I don't really have a really good system around this. How can I slowly, like you said, slowly, so it sticks, tweak it so you can make some of these changes and be able to create systems that are actually going to support you. And the other thing that you mentioned there was being able to encourage and really help your kids get involved in the process. And that is one thing that I really want to emulate. that you do so well is getting the kids involved in in just every aspect of your family life. I was going to say chores, but it's so much more than that. And a lot of times when we're feeling overwhelmed, it seems very simple. But if you say, okay, well, have you asked for help with this particular thing? Well, no, because you know it has to be me and I have to be the one. That, well, does it really have to be you? Can you over time, very patiently teach your young children how to do these things. And you, I, I'm not going to say you're a saint, but you seem to have a lot of patience over the long run because you've really been able to work on that with your kids. So I'm just, well, and I, um, I will just say that that goes back to a very strong vision and a very strong why. And that's the only reason I've been able to stick to it. And that's why I think that without that vision piece, none of this matters because if it's not your, vi- if your vision, it doesn't match mine, then your priorities are going to be different. And that's okay. Yeah, no, that's totally true. That's totally true. The third level is kind of what we talked about a little bit before, just as sort as far as our thought life goes. And I've talked on the podcast before about sort of the should statements. This was more in the context of what we should keep or get rid of, you know, like, oh, well, I should keep this because my great aunt Bertha gave it to me or whatever. 
But can you talk a little bit about that level? Because I feel like this is where you've really learned a lot of tools that have helped you when it comes to cognitive distortions and then making some of those mindset shifts when it comes to overwhelm. Yeah. So I'd say there's two things. I'll take you back to 2018. I think the two things that I did at that time that made the biggest difference ever was first of all, recognizing the thoughts in my head. Most of the time did start with should statements actually like, oh, I should be washing the dishes. I should be playing on the floor with the kids. I should be part of their pretend play. I should, I should be cleaning the house. And when I recognized that that was a distortion, I started doing this trick of saying, well, I would like to as a test and say, I would like to play on the floor with my kids. And then I would be able to say, no, I don't but I do want to read him a book. Like I would read him a book or I do, you know, I, sh- I should wash my dishes. No, I want to re- wash my dishes. Well, no, but I want the result of having the dishes washed. So I'm going to wash the dishes, but it, it just kind of put it back from like, there is a moral decision to be made here. And if not, I'm going to feel guilty about not doing the right, the right thing to, I have lots of choices, not two choices. Which choice do I want to make? It's not yes or no. It's a rainbow of options. So that was the first one. The second thing was all day long, I would have a notepad or my planner or something nearby. And as soon as I was able to catch, like if I was feeling overwhelmed or anxious or angry or frustrated or whatever that kind of negative emotion was, I would try and catch that thought. And at first it was so hard. So the moment that I was able to catch what I was thinking, I would stop whatever I was doing. I would write down that thought on a piece of paper and I would go about my day. At the end of the day, if I was like taking a shower or going to sleep or whatever, I would prayerfully think about this thought. And I would say, okay, and for me, if you, if, you know, I, I respect everyone's faith belief. So whatever that is for you is great. But for me, I would say like, God, you are the only one that understands my brain and the way that I'm thinking about the situation. Can you help me have a paradigm shift? Can you help me see this differently? And this came from a story, this idea of a paradigm shift comes from seven habits of highly effective people. And there's a story in that book where this man was sitting on a train and this dad had come in with all of these kids and the kids were jumping all over the, like the subway car or the train. And they were, you know, and then, and this guy was getting really frustrated because the kids were like crazy. And so he was getting ready to speak up and say something to this dad. Like, can we help you with these kids? And the dad said, I'm so sorry. I just came from their mother's funeral and I don't know what to do. And all of a sudden, like you're completely like your experience with this person and your compassion and your feelings are totally different. And I realized like that is exactly what I needed in like every area of my life. I needed desperately these paradigm shifts. So as I as I was able to capture these thoughts slowly over time, and sometimes I'd wrestle with these thoughts for days or weeks or months, but I feel like slowly over time, I was able to change what I was thinking and not in the, I feel like there's a lot of life coach that are just being like, oh, I need more sleep. Oh, not getting sleep is not a big deal. It's fine. Just tell yourself to believe that thought. This is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about going like four layers deeper than that and getting to the root of like what works for me and my brain and and changes things. So one of the ones that I recognized was there was a day when the car had broken, like our car battery would not start. I was babysitting children. I had so multiple children now all under five they were half of them were crying I was sitting on the floor trying to read a book I had to walk them in like 15 degree weather to get to the car shop soon and like meet with the AAA guy like it was a crazy day and I just remember like getting there and getting so worked up and feeling recognized the thought was I don't like this I don't like this I don't like this I don't like this over and over in my head and I realized by saying I don't like this I don't like this I don't like this I'm implying that there's a choice like that I don't have to be here like there's a way out and I just can get away from this and I realized uh, you know after wrestling the new thought was this is exactly where I'm supposed to be 
And it didn't make it fun to be there in that situation, but it allowed me to, well, it was, it was way better than telling myself, I don't like this, but you know, if it was, I was exactly, exactly where I was supposed to be. Now I'm in a place of power. Now I'm in a spot where it's like, okay, well, let's tackle this. Let's put my thinking hat on. Let's problem solve. Let's just not sit here and say, I don't like this because that didn't help anybody or anything. And it's not making me a proactive parent. It's not helping me empathize with my kids. And it's not helping me like get everybody calmly out the door to walk, you know, a mile to the car place in the snow. So, so yeah, so that's just the process and it's slow, but at this point, like it is so exciting for me when I get to that point where I'm starting to feel miserable and overwhelmed and I know it's coming from thinking now I'm excited because I know um you know the breakthrough one step away I'm one step away from a break a breakdown this is what I say when I'm at a breakdown I'm one step away from a break you know from a breakthrough and I really hold on to that as hope so that is what I would offer for the soul pillar look for yeah. the breakthroughs yes oh well that is so powerful and I think that I have been trying to catch some of those thoughts too lately. And the one that I've been saying to myself is this is not an emergency. This is not an emergency. It's really good. It's like my kid will not use the bathroom to get out the door to go to school. And he is doing every possible thing, but that this is not an emergency just because I like to be on time, just because I don't want people quote unquote judging me for being late to preschool. This is not an emergency. So it's that good. one has like been, that. <laughs> that has been serving me very well in the season. Okay. I would love if we could take a couple minutes for you to talk about this free resource, this free training. You have a lot of free resources, by the way. So I will link to those, but if you could talk a little bit about this particular one for my listeners, that would be great. And then maybe also the best way to connect with you because you have blessed I don't want to get weepy. You have blessed my life (laughs) so much. And it's just always such a joy connecting with you and our Soaring Mothers group, you know, every month and anyone that has ears to listen. I just always talk about how wonderful you are. So please listeners check out Jessica's podcast and the planner and all the things. But if you could talk a little bit about your resources and where people could connect with you, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I will say like, I am so grateful that you've been a part of this, of my community and group for a long time, because you bring so much to the table as well. And it is an incredible group of women who do stay in their circle of influence when things are hard and keep moving forward and have transformed your lives because of your efforts. So I'm I'm grateful for that. Thriving in motherhood podcast.com slash joy specifically will help you get six secrets to change completely change how you experience motherhood. I've shared one of them tonight, but there's there it's kind of like my toolbox for the soul pillar if that's something that you're struggling with. But everything you can find at thriving in motherhood podcast.com. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Jessica. I absolutely loved our chat and you always help me look at things kind of in a different way. And I just really appreciate that. And I know the listeners um, will as well. So thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was a delight to be here with you, Emily. If you like today's podcast, here's what you can do. Just take 30 seconds to leave me a review. I know you're a busy mama. You're overwhelmed, in fact. But 30 seconds of your day makes such an impact. I'll be blessed by your words. They'll definitely make my day. And who knows, you might be entered for this month's giveaway. An Apple podcast, scroll down to write a review. Thanks so much for your time. I'm so grateful for you.